Okay, today's episode, I don't even know where to begin describing it. I had my amazing friend, uh, 10-year combat veteran, special operations, Will Hinkson on the podcast, and I have never crammed so much gold into one 45-minute session in my life. We talked about a gift for finding your happiness. We talked about getting unstuck in your business, making sure that you never waste time and effort in your business so you can do the things that move the needle, and even how to do more in less time so you're not working 80 hours a week but only 40 while also building and scaling your business. And one of my favorite takeaways is that you're not missing information. You're probably missing the target and the process to get there. And Will breaks down the step-by-step process to get there, to implement it, and to put it in practice while he also shares his best converting LinkedIn strategy that's working right now as of today that I'm going to go start using as soon as we're done with this episode. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Welcome or welcome back to the Mind of George podcast. My job here is to help heart-centered marketers and entrepreneurs ethically scale their businesses by deepening your relationships with your customers, your employees, and yourselves. I'm a little bit crazy, and I'm super stoked to have you, but if you haven't joined my crazy family yet, just go to mindedgeorge.com and remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. Now, couple housekeeping notes here in the intro. Please remember to subscribe, leave a review, even if you tell me that I belong in a mental institute and I'm just a little bit crazy, but I'm here to support you, I'm okay with that as well. Otherwise, keep listening because we have some gold for you today. And welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show, where I pretend to be Eminem and spit the intros off the top. But luckily, today's guest, I happen to know intimately well, and I'm going to let you make up what that means. Uh, But I have my amazing friend here, Operational Ninja, man of the hour, massive leader. Oh, man, built a business, sold a business, probably one of the hardest business, spends his time volunteering, helping people all over the world, and really genuinely walks the walk while talking the talk. Well, nobody has any idea how big of a badass he is, especially when it comes to operations. So without further ado, my buddy, Will. Will, good to have you, brother. Yeah, George. Thanks so much for having me, man. What an intro. I'm st- I told you I got a, I got a flow off the top and I even have my hat on backwards to you guys listening, but you'll appreciate this. I got the best, I got the best comment on an ad today. We're running an Instagram ad like to give value. And I don't know if it's a troll comment or not. Because I'm wearing my hat backwards. He's like, you never wear a hat to cover your eyebrows, was his only comment. And I don't know what to do with it right now. I just don't. It's one of those things about, I feel like any ads on social media, you're bringing out some really unique people, you're providing value, but you also bring out some trolls. And when they're really smart trolls, you don't know if you're being trolled and you don't always know how to respond. Yeah, I feel I feel like a rookie. Like we, we tend to be professionals in this space. Like you and I, were both Marines. We learned... The definition of tact, which is basically telling somebody to F off with a smile on your face without them knowing, right? So I feel like it's hard to punk us when it comes to like being tactful or passive aggressive. And like I saw that this morning and, and I was up – I went to the gym at 3.30 this morning, right? So this thing hit me at like 4.45 when I left and I'm like reading it and I'm like, I can't tell. And I haven't had enough coffee today. There's not enough experience. Like I do not know how to respond. So I had to screenshot it and I put it in my inbox. I'm like, I'll handle this later. But I don't know. It's just one of those things. I will tell you my default, even when you get like, you know, the real angry trolls that, you know, they're trying to correct their life through a comment in a Facebook ad is just thank them for their comments. Hope they have an amazing life and then wish them well. 
I got taught a long time ago, you can never go wrong with killing somebody with kindness. And it lets a lot of times it ends up diffusing the situation. And if not, it usually plays out uh kind of hilariously usually i i love it i love it and it's actually kind of i i kind of teed you up because that's what i do so the perfect thing here and i don't know if you've listened to any of these and if you have i'm gonna throw a curveball or maybe not but i have a question that i always ask what is the biggest mistake that you have ever made in business and what did you learn the biggest mistake i've ever made in business great question and I do know what it is. Not a, this might surprise you because we know each other so well. It's not an operational thing. It's not a strategy or a marketing or a sales thing. The biggest mistake I ever made in business was growing my business to grow my business. And what I mean by that is I was running away from uh, all of the stuff that comes with a decade of combat catching up with me. And I was going as fast as I could to ignore all the stuff that was nipping at my heels that I didn't want to deal with. And you're probably the best I know at personal development for entrepreneurs, anybody. So you understand this well, because you do this so good with people, but deciding to grow my business, you don't make good decisions when you're not centered in why you're doing them. So that is absolutely the biggest mistake. I mean, I could talk about the repercussions that happen over the next 18 months and rebuilding <laughs> from that and all that stuff. But we could probably keep it there. And so when you when you think about that, and, and thank you, uh, and just for the record, I'm the best because I've made all the mistakes, and I made them enough times that there were only two options. I was either going to end up bankrupt and dead, or I had to do something about it so that didn't happen again. And, and luckily, the latter happened. I have a beautiful family and a child and a, a life that I love now, but it doesn't mean that I'm not battered, broken, covered in stitches and staples to get me here. And so when you when you think back on that, because actually, Will, I mean, you and I talk to a lot of people. We talk to a lot of people about business. People come to us and there's this like veteran thing too, especially in the state of the world now. We're like, you guys know how to handle pressure like this. You guys are standing in it, right? Like, how do I handle this? How do I handle this? And, you know, it's along the same lines as what you just talked about. But when you think about that, like what were some of the like triggers or the inclinations that you found that you were able to catch yourself doing it? And then what do you do now um, moving forward to where like you're operating in business and you don't dive into the business to disconnect or you don't go check the box or be on social media because you're avoiding something else? Like how do you navigate that now and what advice do you have for people that are feeling, you know, the ambiguity of the world or the uncertainty of the world? Yeah, I mean, a great question. Uh, there's a decent amount to unpack there. So right away, the triggers, right? You know, one of the triggers is I remember I had a client who came up to me. He's like, hey, I think I saw you out there like 30 minutes ago riding your motorcycle. Was that you? And I was like, uh, well, I was riding my motorcycle about that time. So that could have been me. Why do you ask? He's like, well, you weren't wearing a helmet. And I think you were going roughly 100 miles an hour uh, in between cars. And I realized that when stuff started to catch up for me, I push myself harder and harder and harder. So what I've found now is the trigger for me is the second that I'm trying to go do something physical or typically adrenaline producing for me. Uh, I look at it and I go, all right, cool. You know, I've got my routine and I, and it's incredibly healthy, but is there a reason why I'm doing this? Right. Is there a reason beyond it's just a cool story and I'm a maniac and enjoy that stuff? Or is it because I'm trying to avoid the stuff that's trying to catch up? Because if it's the latter, 
things probably work out too well for me. So what I'll do is I'll take a step back and I'll go, all right, instead of ignoring this, and we've all had this happen, right? I'm sure we all have. I like to, and I know you do too, get your inbox down to zero every day. Even still, after years of doing this and teaching this, occasionally, and I don't know if you're like me, George, occasionally, I'll have an email or two that sits there for the whole week because I don't want to deal with it. I have 12 right and now. Usually, Just for the record, I have 12. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this happens to, you know, the best of us, right? Like, you're not, nobody's immune from it. But what I look at is, all right, if I were to just ignore this, what's the worst case scenario? And it's probably not great. There's probably a reason why I decided to keep this in my inbox instead of just clearing it. So that's not an option. I go, all right, I'm making this out to be a big deal. If I didn't make this out to be a big deal and I was better at this or I talked to somebody who was better at this, whatever the thing is that I'm trying to avoid, which is probably just, uh, I don't necessarily know the process yet and don't have the way forward you know, we're, we're both similar. We talk to a lot of people we are incredibly extroverted. We have great networks of, and a lot of crossover there, which is awesome. I can probably reach out to somebody in like 10 minutes and have the answer to this. So what's stopping me from doing that? Nothing, right? A great example of this, uh, Eric. So the cash flow doctor, there's a nonprofit I help out with, and I know you know this called Force Blue, but it takes former combat special operations divers and then repurposes all of our skills and training to protect and rebuild uh, coral reef and do environmental ocean restoration, conservation worldwide. Well, dude, we were having just a hard time getting the PPP, for getting that stuff set up for the internal team there. And uh, man, we they went through like a month and a half of this. I'm like guiding them on every step of the way. I reached out to Eric, connected the chief operating officer over there. And within like 30 minutes, we had the application submitted and approved. And sometimes you just have to remember like, hey, you don't have to figure out everything yourself. It's okay you don't know this. You probably know somebody that does or you probably can Google it in like 15 minutes. So just take a step back, block out the time, get it off your calendar because it's running in your subconscious, your brain anyway, just knock it out. Yeah, I, 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 God, the way that you unpack that is so golden. And like literally as soon as you said, was that you on your motorcycle? I'm like, oh, I know exactly what Will was doing. It was either a wheelie 120, and I would have responded, like, no, it was actually 130. Next time, you know, get it right, you know, because we get it there. Um, but what what you said that I think is so profound, Will, and something that, and actually two things, two things that I really want to like hammer home. Number one is when you said, you know, get it down to inbox zero, but none of us are immune. Like, I love how humanizing that is because you know, for me, for you, for everybody, you know. There's a reason like we call them goals and we try to achieve them, but this like path to perfection becomes an obsession in itself that actually distracts you and becomes the new obsession. And so I love that you're like, yeah, sometimes I don't get there. Me neither. Like I have 12 and they're pro and the funny thing is, is they're not big things for me. They're kind of like those little nagging ones right now. And I don't have my assistant with me right now. And I'm like, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then I've even snoozed them like 20 times, right? Like <laughs> I have, I had, I did have one, like I had a record last year. I had one inbox, one email in my inbox that lasted probably like 14 months. And every like two weeks I would snooze it for another two weeks and another two weeks. And then finally I was like, I'm just deleting it. I just screw it. I'm just deleting it. I'm not doing it. It's fine. <laughs> But then the other thing that you said, Will, and, and I think this is really important to remember, is that none of us are in an echo chamber. And in my experience, the worst thing we can do is we're stuck up in that is to kind of stay in that alone, right? Like, oh, I'll figure it out or I'll do it later. And 
to summarize down to what you said, I think the most important thing to do is to take an action and not freeze, right? Like ask for it, Google it, YouTube it, write it down, change the energy, change the platform, do something with it to get into momentum and movement, um, which obviously you and I um, help a lot of people with and both have gone through with our PTSD and our, our other stuff. And so I love that. So before I go any further, because everyone's probably already in love with you, um, where can everybody find you? Social, website, like just let everybody know now so we can say it a hundred times so they're like programmed to find you when this episode's over. Yeah, totally. So uh, if you're on social media, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, on Pinkson. Uh, usually most of my profile pictures are just my goofy face or my goofy face with my beautiful one-year-old daughter who just turned one yesterday, my dog and my wife. Um, and then if you want to check out the website and kind of see what that's all about, you can go to warriorsguidetobusiness.com. Warriorsguidetobusiness.com and Will Hinkson and I will justify and validate that his daughter is absolutely adorable. So happy birthday to her. Um, luckily I've, we've been friends since before that and it's been amazing to witness and you be an amazing father. So I absolutely love that. And just so everybody knows as well, what Will talked about, uh, Will, can you name, uh, talk about force blue just real quick? Cause I think it's really important, you know, as a veteran myself, a lot of people ask me all the time, like, how do I support veterans? What do veterans do? And what you do and what you guys do, I think is absolutely amazing. So I want to kind of get like a quick shameless plug in there for force blue. So everybody hears what it is and what you guys do. Cause it kind of went over really fast. Yeah, I'll go over kind of the higher level macro view, which we've talked about this for hours on end over good wine, which is always fun. Um, but kind of the macro this is the biggest issue I see right now in the veteran space isn't this will sound weird because it's got the most awareness. It's not the 22 a day number. It's actually dwelling on the 22 a day number. And what I mean by that is if you guys have ever thought about the worst thing that could happen to you all of the time or in your business or any of that, what ends up happening? You're flirting with that thing the whole time or you're fighting against it the whole time. And uh, kind of what we're doing at Force Blue and what I believe the pathway forward is veterans is actually modeling and promoting and really putting a spotlight on success stories and what that looks like in the way forward, right? Because it's one thing to say, this is going to sound really blunt, but being a veteran struggling with this stuff and then, you know, going through uh, a lot of this stuff with a lot of my other friends and over the years. But the goal is just not not to kill yourself. The goal is to be uh, healthy, both physically, mentally, emotionally, being able to step back into society as a productive member and then being able to ascend kind of through that with the skills that we have, the experience that we have to be a leader and then turn around and give back to those or those that are behind you in your journey. That in my mind is the pathway forward for success for veterans, combat veterans, and really going forward. And one of the things that force blue is doing, uh, which I just love and big shout out to, uh, the co-founder, Jim Rader, health, Keith Sam, and then, uh, my longtime friend, Rudy Reyes. Crazy Rudy. So, yeah, one of the best, most legit human beings on the planet. Um, wild man, but just absolutely legit 100% of the time. But what they did is, you know, this, as the story goes, uh, they were in the Caymans. First time Rudy had ever dove during the day. He kind of fell in love with it, talked it over with Jim, who was ran an ad agency in Manhattan, like big promo stuff, like 
working for, you know, fortune 100 corporations and countries and stuff like that and making promos for them. Keith, who uh, was 25 years, I believe in the coast guard as a rescue swimmer and then Rudy and Jim and Keith were super into conservation and they kind of filled in Rudy, what it looks like with coral reef. And it's not a great picture and it really needs awareness and it needs a team of people that are highly specialized to go in, especially after things like what happened with hurricane Irma in Puerto Rico, where basically a 3000 pound coral head broke off. One of the Archie is what the locals named it. Archie had broke off, fallen down onto a shelf. They thought it was gone forever. I mean, there was people crying on the shore over this because it just would have essentially ruined completely uh, this environment underwater and you would have lost it. Well, Force Blue came in, lift bags, lifted the whole thing up, cemented it back into the ground. I mean, a 3,000 pound coral head, think about that at like 60 feet underwater, lifting it back up to 30 feet, putting it on the shelf, cementing it in place, making sure it can come back. Like it's, it's not an easy task, right? So not only are we going in and doing this really important mission with ocean conservation, especially in coral reef, which is really in danger worldwide right now. We're also taking guys, bringing them through and giving a little bit more purpose post-service to our skills, to our training, documenting it, which uh, there's a documentary. If you guys have Amazon Prime, you can check out Mercy, Love and Grace. It's the story of our first deployment and training deployment, kind of how we got off the ground. Uh, and because Jim came from video production and doing all that stuff. It's actually pretty compelling, um, but you guys can check that out. But that's that's I, probably more of a snapshot than you were looking for, George, but that's what Force Blue does, is it's not only giving vet veterans a mission, and it's giving really a mission of ocean conservation, the skilled workforce that they need, but we're documenting a model that nobody else really has brought a ton to the forefront. Um, you know, there are people doing good work out there like, uh, team Rubicon and some others, but I think the more that we can document that, the more we have a pathway forward, the better everybody is. Totally. Yeah. And not more of an overview. And by the way, guys, I've watched that documentary a few times. Will and I, when I say like, we're close, like we really know each other. We've had many tears together, many hugs and many of them. And it's, uh, it's really compelling. But Will, the reason I wanted you to tell that story is because, you know, like what you said in the beginning, like the biggest mistake that you ever made was building your business just to build your business. And, you know, you have your hands in a lot of pots, but one of the undertoes of every single thing that you do and the reason that you're successful is because there's always something tied to something greater than the business itself or the conversion or the transaction or even the customer. Like you have the ability, what I love about you is I'm like, hey, Will, this is where I want to go 38 years from now. And you'll give me a step by step over the next 38 years of like exactly how to get there. But the thing that you do so differently than everybody else and what I love about this and the work that you've done, like in that operator mindset is that your come from is always the heart, right? And like force blue and what you just talked about is the same thing about entrepreneurship. Like we're literally talking about, you know, the mistake was running a business to run the business. And then that led me down a bad path. And so I don't end up in an echo chamber. And what do I have to do? I have to unplug, ask for help, have a bigger impact. And they're all kind of tied together in that same vein. 
And so when you think about that now, when you think about you know entrepreneurship, when you think about what you do, um, which by the way, guys, just for everybody wondering, Will really is like an operational ninja. I don't know a better name to tell him that. He's gone through many business names. I liked the other one, but we'll leave it because he has a new one, which is Warrior's Guide to Business. Um, but when you think about that too, for everybody listening, like what's one thing that you would like advise? We coach a lot of people. We talk a lot of people about this, right? And, and at times, like even right now, even right now, like even just 30 days from now can feel insurmountable to people, right? Like we're on loan money. We have uncertainty in the world. Things are getting shut down. Like how do you recommend navigating that or how do you guide people to navigate that to stay really connected to like the why and the purpose and greater and kind of stay out of their own way? Like what would be your advice for that? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be twofold there. One, uh, you know, Simon Sinek nailed the better than anybody else and everybody uses his quotes. You got to know why you're doing it, right? And a lot of times, especially as entrepreneurs, we are the absolute best at convincing ourselves that we're doing the right thing even when we're not. We do it better than anybody else because we're used to leading people. We're used to making stuff out of nothing. And it's usually not like until 18 months later uh, that we figured out like, oh, something was, something's wrong. And now I realize what it was. And I totally talked myself into that. That was a mistake. We've all done it. We'll all do it. It's okay. Forgive yourself. Move on. <laughs> Which leads me into the second piece. A lot of times we end up committing, right? What ends up happening for us as entrepreneurs is we end up going, what's, what's most excited about right now? as opposed to the thing that I need the most right now. And the biggest difference being, usually we wanna either learn something brand new we've never learned and incorporate it, which is gonna be a learning process, and that's okay, I'm not saying don't do it. Or we just wanna keep doing the stuff that we're really, really good at and not do the stuff that we're not good at, even though that's the thing that's gonna grow our business the fastest. Right, so when I look at this, I look at lead generation, lead nurture, I look at sales, then I look at customer happiness. So, you know, however you measure that and whether it's an MPS score, you know, just talking to your customers, fancy that, um, a lot of different ways and then customer longevity. And then I look at operational excellence, which is, am I having to do everything or do we have systems that really work? Right. Once I look at all that, I go, all right, cool. Where are we stuck? Right. What's the thing we need right now? And by the way, this is going to be different at pretty much every stage of your business. Um, the folks at Basecamp that I used to kind of plan in 90 day cycles. And what I found is like, typically you end up kind of forgetting what you said at the beginning of the first entrepreneurs, we tend to move pretty quick. We tend to like going all over. And at the end of the 90 days, you're like, I don't know, man, what I said, like, I kind of know what I set for my revenue targets. I kind of know what I set for my client targets. What projects were we working on? Did we finish that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we finished that. Uh, so I really like the way the base camp does it, which is basically you do six week, you identify what you need, and then you go, all right, cool. It's lead nurture. And let's say I've been doing stuff on, here's a great example that I talk with a lot of business owners about, and I'm sure you do too. Hey, I've been doing Facebook ads, but we're barely breaking even, uh, and I'm not really sure what to do here. What do I need to do to get my Facebooks? really humming. Uh, and my response is, do you need to get your Facebook really humming? Is that where your customers are? Or do we need to start looking at different platforms? Uh, Kyle was a great example of this. So 
my business partner, Kyle Berquist and I, we own a larger company called Serving Impact. And then we have a couple of brands underneath that. Well, we kind of unlock stuff for the Warriors Guide to Business for the brand that I'm the face of, but the brand that Kyle's the face of, it just wasn't clicking. And we were like, I don't know. And we just kept iterating on Facebook ads, right? We're getting some sick, but not really enough to justify it. And I think our tendency as entrepreneurs is to just double down and go, I'm going to figure this out no matter what, as opposed to instead of just continuously going, trying to break my way through this brick wall, why don't I just explore that door over there? That's going to get me to the same end result and figure that out. And usually the answer, and by the way, we figured out a crazy organic LinkedIn strategy that's working like gangbusters now. Facebook was the wrong platform for that audience. Mm -hmm. Instead of consistently looking at how do I double down and figure out stuff, look at, is it the right place for me? Do I just need a little bit more time here? But question your assumptions on if you're in the right place or you just, like a lot of us, heard it at a conference, got told it, or you saw it as the easiest way forward for something like you know, long-term plays like SEO or figuring out a little bit of a new platform. I, so I have a lot to unpack, but I, I want to like zing in like a few things that you did. Like I want to be your hype man on quite a few things in this one. So I'm going to, um, the first one is when you said like, it's normally one of two buckets. Right. And you, you actually close that loop at the end and you're like, Oh, something you heard at a conference. Right. I think the most important thing to remember is that our jobs as entrepreneurs are to be information collectors so we can ask questions and look at it through the lens of our business. Is this a possibility? Does this fit in? Is this where my audience is going to be? And can we do this? Is this worth it, right? And what you said that prevents that most of the time is like we're either get stuck or romantic about what we're doing, right? So we have this confirmation bias and this level of endowment that feels almost impossible to break or – we pretend we don't have that and we ignore it and we get excited about shiny object syndrome and we just stop driving the car that's going 75 miles an hour down the road and expect it to drive itself, right? And um, so those are the two things. And I think it's really important and imperative to talk about that. Um, just not even to talk about, but just to think about when you're doing these things, right? Like entrepreneurship, what we can guarantee you is that it's going to be different every day. Customer journeys are different. Acquisitions, the world, like we have more variables in our lives as digital marketers and entrepreneurs that are out of our control than we have in our control. And so we have a box that's made for us based on the media, you know, socioeconomics, the state of the world, and we got to fit our way into it. And so I think the takeaway for that, that I heard you say, well, that I just want everybody to be present to is that it's not necessarily about doing anything. It's about understanding what your tendency is and then hitting the pause button. And really like auditing what you can or can't do, right? Because you might default into, oh, the world is stressed. I'm going to go do this. Boom, 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 boom. Or the world is super stressful. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and keep my blinders on. And so I think pulling that ripcord per se, since both of you and I skydive, like just literally pulling it and like that. And then if you've never been skydiving, let me just tell you that I love that feeling when you're going 160 miles an hour. If you're head down, you flip over, you pull it, you go from 130 to 10. It's like a... I'm alive again. Like, I think that's what we need to do, right? Like, would you, would you validate that for me just for my own ego? A hundred percent. And I would even go a step further and say, depending at your stage of business, that pause to question if it's the right place for you is either going to make you an additional hundred thousand dollars or a couple of million dollars, depending on where you're at in scale. 
because so frequently we'll take a step back and we'll either see a little bit more in depth, but everything in my mind, uh, especially when you look at operationally, and thank you for calling me an operational ninja. I don't think I've ever been called that. Uh, I'll take it though, man. I, I have it on video. I've called you that on video before, but I think I'm the only one. I'm, 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 I'm tagging it to you. I'm tagging it to you. If business cards were still a thing, I might put that on my business card. But they're, they're not, even if you put a QR code on there. All right. Um, but here's the thing, though. When I look at this stuff, I pause and I and then I go, if we were to run down this road, if this is worth it, what would it look like? And I just simply break it into stages. Because mm -hmm. at any piece, it's going to kind of look like a hill. You're going to kind of figure it out. Then you're going to figure it out kind of on the top. And then you're going to start coming down. You should see results on the other side, one way or another, depending on how you measure that, depending on what area you're focusing on. Maybe more clients, maybe more leads, maybe more appointments, sales, whatever it is you do, maybe more time in your week. There's a lot of to do this, but I break it down and I go, all right, cool. So phase one, um, let's take the LinkedIn example. Phase one is we, we need to figure out sales navigator. Like, let's figure out how to find our audience on Sales Navigator. And if you guys aren't familiar with that, um, it basically is a way to kind of search LinkedIn, uh, very similar to the way like Facebook ads allows you to kind of search and see how many people pop up. The difference being it actually shows you those folks profiles. So then you can friend request those or connection request on LinkedIn, send them a nice message and start to engage in a dialogue. So. Step one is like, hey, how would we find our audience? And then how would we know that audience is working? So that's our first phase. Like, all right, we would search these parameters and then we would know it's working because, you know, out of 100 friend requests that we send, 50% of them get accepted. Like, I'd, I'd be okay with that. 50 new people that I can talk to. I got I to gotta, I gotta zing you again. So what you're saying is that it's not effective if you can't measure it? In that most of the time... You want to put a measurement on it with the caveat that I've worked with a lot of companies and a lot of entrepreneurs, and I know there's a resistance sometimes to like, hey, whatever, nerd, I didn't start this company to be stuck in spreadsheets. I started this company to help people. Like, I get that. What I am saying is you can't create a process and know it's working and being able to scale up your company effectively if you don't know what success looks Thank like. Thank you. And I'm, I'm saying this. I'm going to kick you all in the shins if you do not listen to Will. I will hunt you down, playground you like kickball in the shins. If you cannot measure it, you cannot effectively scale it because you have no idea what is working or not working, which means you also can't adjust it. So a unit of measure is just anything that you are measuring against. Just get a control. It could be, like you said, if we send 100 DMs, if we get five responses, that could be your unit of measure. If we get 100 DMs and we set up three phone calls, that could be your unit of measure. But spaghetti doesn't stick to the fucking wall. Like, let me just say that pretty point blank for everybody. Okay, Will, you can keep going now. Yeah, and, and you know, George, to your point, I think so many of us were like, okay, cool, let's do this. You get down that road, right? You figured out stuff, you measure it, you know, next one in terms of LinkedIn, go through the process really quick. I send a video message, they respond back. We're now in a dialogue. And what I, one of the things, I mean, this is a little bit hyper-specific to this LinkedIn example, I always look at, you know, cold, warm, hot traffic. Most of us have heard that term. But I think so many of us, because of 
kind of the proliferation of some really amazing marketers out there sharing those systems. Think of it in terms of uh, lead magnet to webinar to either your sales page or you know appointment booked. And in my world, the way I look at that is more of a strategy. So cold can be anything where I'm starting to get introduced to somebody and they're like, they probably don't know me. They're a little iffy on me, but they're at least kind of paying attention. And warm is, I don't know, this guy might know what he's talking about. And then hot is just whatever the next mechanism. In my world, that can look like anything from Facebook ads. That can look like anything from LinkedIn, where it's a connection request. Now that's somebody who's, I would consider cool on their way to warm. And then send a couple of messages back and forth natively in the platform, warm them up, and then bring them into a call to see if I can help. So whatever that is, I always look at strategy and tactics. Strategy is something that can apply really anywhere, any place, and any time. And then tactics are something that's specific to a person, a place, or a circumstance or situation. So all that being said, uh, I kind of break that down and then go, okay, cool. We've got a process and it's kind of working. Let me just document this thing into steps, right? And I make this real. I usually start with written and then I'll break it down into just quick, easy videos. So step one, audience on Sales Navigator. Search these parameters and here's how you'll know you will have been successful. You will have found approximately 200 people and from there, uh, you're good. Export it into CSV or just save it inside of Sales Navigator as one of the searches. Next one, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna send them a message, right? So connection request, usually with this message, boom. Next one is I'm going to send them either a voice memo or I'm going to send them a video in natively inside of the app. So there's not an external link to click and it's going to kind of follow this structure and I'll have like a basic template in there just to see what's working, what's not. And then after that book into the appointment, the reason why this is so important, if we go back to the example of, uh, don't double down on something that's not working because we're entrepreneurs and we could make it work, damn it. And I'll break through this wall. <laughs> sometimes it's best to look for somewhere else or sometimes you can look at the process, a couple of tweaks in there, and then all of a sudden your engine's working. You are off into the races and you're going 70 miles an hour down the freeway with no headlights in sight and you are jamming. But you can't really know what's working and what's not unless you know the process that you're taking. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I mean – for everybody listening, like this is absolute gold. And, and I'd say across the board, my biggest mistakes as an entrepreneur were having my heels dug in that it had to look that way. And that was based out of fear, right? Because like I didn't know any better or I was comfortable on one platform versus another one. And so whether you use this on LinkedIn or whether you use this everywhere, I think the really the part of this is an entrepreneurship is that we practice, right? You have to have a feedback loop. You have to be able to look at it objectively like, oh, this worked. This didn't work. Let's try this different or let's change restaurants because that menu just looks like shit and I want something else to eat, right? Like either way, you pick your analogy, but it works perfectly. And so I absolutely love that, Will. And for anybody listening to this, and I know Will's a Mike Michalowicz fan, um, Fix This Next by Mike Michalowicz. Uh, I'd highly recommend everybody with that business hierarchy of needs because sales is the number one, but it's you have core critical parts in your business that are required for the rest of it to work. And the one thing that you said earlier, Will, was um, – and this happens all the time. Are my offers ready to scale? Where do I get more buyers? Where do I get more buyers? And uh, it was Justin Goff who I read this and he said, 
everybody thinks they're ready to have a thousand buyers a day, but if you really were, people would be begging to sell your product for you, not yeah. you looking for them. And it was like the biggest sting for anybody I've sent that email to because now all I do is every time somebody asks me, I'm like, oh, check your email. And I just have them read it and I let that handle itself. But you know, what you focused on and what you said is like you have core competencies here. Like you have your operational excellence. You have, can this even scale? Am I doing every task of it or do I have a process? You have my customer satisfaction. You have my team satisfaction, right? There's a lot of critical things in play that are required for quote unquote these things to scale to not break everything that you've done. Yeah, and I'll talk about that for a second, George, because you're so spot on, man. Um, we've talked about this a ton, but you know I'm a huge fan of virtual assistants, mm -hmm. right? And one of the reasons is that process that I just outlined for everybody that's listening or watching this, what I then look at is, hey, once I have a process that works, what steps am I involved in, right? And usually it's like step one of coming up with something. In the LinkedIn case, it, it wouldn't be the same, but here's an example. I put out a weekly video and then that goes out to my content team. I broke down that process, created that process. They create a whole bunch of very cool stuff that looks way better than I could create because <laughs> I'm not a graphic designer uh, for social media. But what ends up happening is I script and shoot anywhere from a six to a 14 minute video a week. I used to break down, here's how we break that down, here's how we transcribe it, here's how we create that to quote cards, here's the different video, all of that stuff, right? Here's the links. And I went through and did that process first. After that, it's really easy once you have a process that works to go, hey, I'm going to post a job on whatever, you know, VA platform you'd like to use. And then from there, I'm going to interview three candidates. I'm going to find the right candidate. I'm going to onboard and train them. And then they're going to own everything past video scripting, me shooting the video and uploading it into Google Drive. Our video editor takes it. Then they upload it to Vimeo, then they put it in the page, then they create 15 different pieces of content out of it. My total time is Wednesday morning uh, for about 45 minutes. And part of that is when I'm walking my daughter, I just kind of script it on a little scratch pad, actually. Uh, that was mine from this week. Yeah. So it's that simple. And then I go forward. But yeah, did it take me long in the beginning? Of course it did. Is that scalable? Probably not long term, and it's also not my jam and what I like doing. Mm -hmm. So why not bring somebody in to help with the load, and then you can focus on what you uniquely do, and then you can do the things that have to happen each week. You can keep that train moving, but now you have enough time to actually go out, do the stuff that we all love to do as entrepreneurs, read the new book, listen to the podcast, listen to the audio book, go to the conference, join the group, do the thing where you get to learn the cool new and now you've got the space to be able to implement that, play with that, have fun with that without spending 70, 80, 90 hours a week working. Mm -hmm. You can keep this down to realistically 40 hours a week and like legit and scale a company when you follow this process. And when you do it this way, then your team tells you to shut up because you're not allowed to tell them anything when you get back from the conference because it's getting in the way of them doing their job. And I always love that accountability factor. And I know your team well, and a hundred percent that yes, it's awesome. <laughs> so, one, and one of the things, just so everybody knows, like the way that I think about this when I coach people, advise people, if you do a process more than once, you've already lost. 
you have to document it. And then here's my favorite hack. I document the process and then I pay a VA to make the process to then hire another VA to do the process, right? So pick pick your poison. But I will tell you that if you are doing anything repeating more than once, just open a screen record on your phone, I mean on your computer, and like just document yourself going through it and get in the practice of it because you should only be doing the needle movers, right? Like, all right, Mike, this is a Mike McCallowitz podcast. If you're going to go do it, listen to clockwork. And like there are certain things that only you can do that move the needle in your business. And nobody else can do those and nobody else can replace it. And so if you're doing things that prevent you from doing that, there is zero way that you can grow and scale your business forward because the needle movers are not getting done. And so do that. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say on that, George, like to echo this and to hammer it home for those listening and watching, like there's stuff that's worked really well in your business that would work really well right now that if you've been in business for any amount of time, and I'm guilty of this as well, uh, you're not doing it anymore. And you might say, well, it's probably not working or it's not relevant. No, you just found the next thing, the next step document it, you kind of forgot that it was working that well. And then you flash forward three, four, five, seven years mm -hmm. in your business. Uh, and all of a sudden you're going, oh, man, why the heck am I not doing that anymore? I should totally do that. I can't tell you how many things I came across in my old Dropbox folder that I was like, why do we ever stop doing that? Because I didn't have these processes in place at this point, because a lot of this is learned from experience. Totally. Oh my God. That dude, that I can't even tell you how valid and relevant that is at this point since you've seen me take back over my own social media and it's like the things like the next the next the next so i have a challenge for everybody listening because we're going to wrap in a minute but my challenge is i want you to listen to this and i just want you to take out a notepad piece of paper set a timer on your phone and i want you to just spend 15 minutes thinking keith cunningham thinking time and i want you to think about a couple of the things that you used to do that had a positive impact either on your psyche your emotional state or your business and I want you to figure out if you can bring one of those things back. Because for me, um, Will's heard me say this for years. I'm like, oh, I hate writing. I suck at writing. No, I was too busy distracting myself because now I'm writing like 30 posts a day and I'm like on heaven. Like I'm like, I enjoy the process again, right? And so I think it's good. So Will, I want to ask you something. So what is, and, and I stole this from my buddy Brackistan, who I love to pieces, and he always does it. What is one juicy strategy or tactic that like hurts your heart to give away, like it makes you cringe, but I'm gonna go the other way. What's one juicy strategy or tactic that like fills your heart to give that people can put into practice that they can have today, that they can use or they can think about anywhere in their life or business to help them get wherever you want them to get? Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna sound, you know, maybe a little bit off topic here based on the conversation that we've had for the last 40 minutes, but, but here, it's really not about your business and George, this won't sound off topic for you at all. Uh, it's about you and it's about the life that you want to live. And the strategy and tactic that I'll share in just a second is based on me scaling up multiple companies and realizing I was miserable when I got there. And how is that possible? This is what I worked towards the whole time. It's what I was thinking about when I woke up. It was thinking about when I went to sleep. It's the reason why I probably couldn't fully engage at friends' barbecues. And I was thinking about the business in the back of my head. I know I've been there. You guys have probably been there too. How do you end up breaking out of that? Uh, this little piece is what ended up shifting everything for me and quite frankly made uh, my whole life 
a lot more fun instead of just being really excited about growing my business. And as a side product, my business grew a lot faster. And that thing is finding the way to find and center yourself in the morning. And I'll tell you the process that I use, which is number one, my phone stays plugged in across the room, right? We all have the tendency of, oh, I just wrote that killer Facebook post yesterday, or I'm waiting to hear back on something from my team or on the sales stuff. And we all wake up going, oh, I kind of want to check and see how that did, right? That piece won't go away. But when it's a conscious decision of walking across the room, turning off your alarm or just grabbing your phone, opening it up after you've had a little bit of movement, what I'll tell you is the ability to not do that goes up. And then the first thing that I do is I have a little bit of me time. There's a lot of ways to do this for everybody. Meditation's not right for everybody. Um, I tend to go through, uh, actually a buddy of yours, Elliot Rose, I use his Primal Mind app. Uh, and that helps quite a bit, but I end up going through like a 10 minute, uh, primal meditation there and then it's movement. I get movement in and then I'm stretching. Uh, you know, I've got kind of a fitness wellness background as you know, but end up stretching, uh, hamstrings, quads. So back legs, front legs, doing some primal movement stuff, core, upper body going through my jam there. Uh, I've drank like 12 ounces of water. And then I just do some breathing exercises for about 10 minutes and that's the start to my day. And the whole time my focus is, am I here? Am I actually present in this moment or is my mind trying to take me somewhere else or my body isn't warmed up enough to engage because I want my body and my mind to sink. So that way when I go to work, I'm going to work. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going, oh, I'm kind of distracted or I'm going to scroll on Facebook and if I spend 18 hours a day, but I spend 10 hours of that scrolling or ignoring this thing, like, no, I want to go in with surgical precision, accomplish the thing to do for the day. And if I have extra time left over, great. I can either work on something else or quite frankly, I can go practice guitar and try to get better at that because uh, that's been one of my focuses lately. Find the way to make your life awesome and you're going to find that your business ends up being awesome too. Wow. I, um, yes. I'm just going to say yes. That's it. Yes. Mic drop. Uh, pen drop on my desk because my mic's on my head. So I can't do that one. So Will, absolute pleasure. Do me a favor. Can you give everybody one more run over where they can find you? I know it's Will Hinkson on social. What's the website? All that fun stuff. Yeah. So again, it's George Ed on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me at Will Hinkson. Uh, or if you want to check out the website and see how we help online entrepreneurs get rid of the feeling of overwhelm and start to rapidly scale their business, you can go to warriorsguidetobusiness.com. And I invite – I actually know what invite doesn't work. I challenge every one of you to go slide into his DMs. Pick something from the episode. Pick a takeaway. Pick a thought. Pick something you're going to apply right away and go fill Will's tank. Slide into his DMs. I promise he'll respond, but not in the morning before he stretches his hamstring and quad. So, Will – um, any saved rounds since you understand what that means, anything you want to leave people with one thing to go, one thing to remember, go. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have one thing to remember. I do want to say this though. Information is out there. That is not the problem we have in this age, sitting down and figuring out the process of how to implement this and make it yours. That's where the gold's at. So don't think you're missing the thing. You're probably could just do really well by calendar, turning on Spotify to some ambient music, and then just jamming through on what makes the most sense to implement in your business. 
Wow. I love it. You're not missing the thing. You're missing the target and the process. That's how we'll end. That's how we'll end. We'll take it. This has been another episode of the Mind of George Show. Thank you guys for being here. Will, thank you so much for being here, guys. I'm not joking. Go slide into his DMs like your you know, first touch point on Instagram. He'll teach you how to play this game. Or LinkedIn, and you might get a video or audio message. So thank you for being here. I will see you guys in the next episode. Much love, and remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. Thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning, and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. Now, leave a review. If you like me, actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this. And I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys, and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it. But our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have, our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course. Literally, just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore, plus whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy, because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team, I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Bye.